welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here all by myself, going at it for the third time. Uh, it's bright and early here on a Thursday morning. will be the first show ever recorded that came out the day of last night. Uh, last night was a nightmare, man. I uh, recorded a show, got about 12 minutes into it, and realized something was going on, so I had to start over. Recorded a whole 45-minute show, and it somehow got trashed. Now, doing these shows by myself, talking nonstop, is not a fun task. So I was a little frustrated. Went upstairs, came back down, uh, buckled in for another show, redid the whole show, 40-minute show. Went to go hit save. As I opened the file to hit save, the wheel of death came up, and I wanted to scream, I wanted to hit something, and I wanted to cry at the same time. And this was at midnight, uh, so my voice was already kind of straining, so I was like, you know what, I'll get up early. We'll get another show. Make sure you guys still have your Dynasty Nerds podcast. Uh, so here I am, bright and early. If this one fails, uh, I might just cry. Find a little corner, uh, turn some nice soft music on, and just weep. But it's a big day today. Got my son's final day of preschool picnic going on. Got a little work to do. Got a couple meetings. We got some calves, playoff basketball. But enough about me. Let's talk about today's show. We're going to cover some of these late-round NFL prospects in rounds five through seven. But it, early in the podcast, the ones I already recorded, I got into a little rant about a taxi squad. And if you don't know what a taxi squad is or you don't have a taxi squad, they are available on MFL. But what they are are, think of them as practice squads for your dynasty team. They allow you to take the rookies that you draft and put them into a place that do not need to be on your active roster. So. Again, I think now every league I'm in has a taxi squad. And I've been playing Dynasty for 15 years now, long before I knew what MFL was. And we had taxi squads before then. We used to call them practice squads before uh, MFL. And we give you, we had the rights to our league and our leagues for two years to rookies. So you get to groom these guys for two years. And the reason why I think that is important is because you have players that take time to develop. Quarterbacks are perfect examples. Taking a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo or Garrett Grayson that you want to let develop on your bench. You know, Aaron Rodgers was a good example. And tight ends, they take three years to develop, usually. That's most of the case. Not everybody's gronk. It's going to come in here and dominate right away. So it's, it's important to have a spot to let these guys develop. One reason being that you want to make sure that your draft picks count. And Make sure your draft picks have value. Again, this is dynasty. This is long-term. We commit to these rookies. We get extremely excited for the NFL draft because, one, our NFL teams can get significantly better, but, two, our dynasty teams can get significantly better. Players that we like, where do they go? Ooh, who's that guy? He just won the third round. He's a running back. Who is that guy? So, to me, that's really important. If you don't have a taxi squad, you need a taxi squad for your dynasty team. It's very, very important. You know, if you run a 20-man league, it's almost a glorified keeper league. Because if you got to imagine if you only have a 20-man dynasty team and you can't, you got to bring in rookies every year, you have a five-round rookie draft, even a three-round, after two years, that's six guys. 
you know, that's that's a that's a lot of your twenty man roster there. So to me, it's almost a glorified keeper league, where I think all dynasty leagues should be at least twenty five man rosters at a minimum. And again, I think all dynasty leagues should have taxi squads because it keeps the value of draft picks as well. I mean, who wants to trade away for three first round picks and you get two second round picks, but that's five picks. But you don't even have any room to bring these guys up. Who are you cutting? You're cutting guys that, you know, guys like Justin Hunter, who you might have invested just two years ago, a second round pick on, and now you have to cut them to make room for this rookie that you took in the third round of this draft or even the second round of this draft. And that does not make any sense. You want these players to develop. And I promise you, if you have a taxi squad, I promise you, it will make your dynasty league that much better, infinitely better. It really will. To me, it's one of the it's a cardinal rules. When I started playing dynasty, um, I had no guideline to our league. It just I, I I've heard I heard something about it. I didn't know I didn't know any of the rules of it, so I kind of created my own rules and leagues, like kind of how do we run 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 our league myself and. I mean, to this day, it still pretty much runs that way. So one of the things I always thought of was the practice squad was really important. Again, because the key is to have free agency to a minimum. And, you know, it's the guys that put in extra work, the guys that listen to the podcast, the guys that use the website, DynastyNerds.com and other sites, and garner the info that, you know, they should have an extra advantage. They're putting in extra work. They're using sites. They're, they're taking notes. And, you know, the first round, should always be best player available. And the first guy I'm going to talk about is going to be a good reason why you should do that. But uh, you take the, the first rounds come somewhat easy to you. You know, it's kind of it's kind of guiding you where you should go. And now your best player available might be a little bit different. Maybe you're choosing between Brashad Perriman and Nelson Aguilar or TJ Yeldon and Amir Abdullah. But though, again, those are so close where you're coming away happy. And the key to the draft is made here with some of these guys that are drafted here in rounds five and six. There's one guy in round seven we'll talk about where that's the bread and butter. You know, if you hit on these guys in the second round, third round, fourth round of your rookie drafts, I mean, you could turn your round, team around pretty quickly. And I've seen it, man. I mean, if you're in a dynasty league now where there's a team and you just started, you just started the league and you see a team after the initial draft, you're like, wow, man. That guy's going to be good for like four years and win four titles. This league's going to blow. You'd be surprised how quickly things can fall apart and how quickly people can turn things around. I've seen guys in our leagues over the last 15 years go from the championship game to the first pick in the draft the following year. I've seen people go from the first pick in the draft to the championship game. A couple good drafts, turn it around. You hit this first-round pick. You have a couple first-round picks. You hit them both. You hit your second-round pick, third-round pick. You know, those are game-changers. You get Arian Foster in the fifth round of your rookie draft. You get Rob Gronkowski in the third round of your rookie draft. Keen Allen, late in the rookie draft. Andre Ellington, late in the rookie draft. Guys like this that pan out can contribute early and help you out. Or maybe they contribute a couple of years down the road after they develop a little bit and you didn't know what you had. You know, the only time I ever cut somebody after two years and then bring them up to my active roster is Joyk Bell out of Wayne State. Really liked him out of Wayne State. Uh, I, I knew a girl that went to Wayne State that I dated for a little bit, so he was kind of like, oh, yeah, Joyce Bell. You know, I kind of knew a little bit more about him than I should have. Uh, and I cut him after two years. I didn't have any room on my roster for him. And sure enough, that third year, here comes Joyce Bell. And that's the only one I really kind of regret. But usually that, that really 
doesn't happen a lot because you have two years to kind of make a judgment call. And then your roster, we have 30-man roster, so there's enough room to bring guys up. Like, I have Justin Hunter, and I have Aaron Dobson. And this is the year I'm going to know how I feel about Aaron Dobson and Justin Hunter, and they've been promoted to my active roster. Now, the taxi squad, that's what you have. The, you, know, you have the options of taking these rookies and bringing them up and down off your active roster as often as you want. You own their rights for two years. And after two years, you have to make the decision. You know, after, we usually have it right after the NFL, after our rookie draft. You decide all your second-year players who you want to bring to your active roster. Anybody who don't goes into free agency pool, and then you add your second, your, you know, your new rookies get added to your taxi squad. So, again, this, this helps your league, I believe. This helps you, and it makes your dynasty league that much more fun. Again, the ownership of your teams is what makes dynasty really great you know knowing that you built this team i mean dynasty is fun from the get-go the initial drafts are, are are great the rookie drafts after that are really fun they're even more fun i promise you if you have a limited pool of free agents and it's never too late if you're in a 20-man league or 25-man league you can say and you don't have a taxi squad and like hey let's make this a 30-man league and let's have a taxi squad so let's have a free agency draft for five rounds, and then let's have our rookie draft. Let's really let's really lock this thing up. Let's make this a true dynasty. Who here can build a true dynasty? And that initial year is really fun. I'm telling you, man, it's year four, year five, year seven, year ten that is phenomenal if you can commit to these leagues. And I'm fortunate the very first dynasty league I've ever started, the one, the original dynasty nerds that led to this whole thing, that led to dynastynerds.com, my passion for fantasy football. Uh, not fantasy football, but for dynasty fantasy football, as it's held up throughout the years, and you know we've replaced an owner, we've replaced some owners throughout the years, and uh, stuff had we you know we had one owner who unfortunately passed away, and you know but in the in the league the league went on, and you kind of new you find new people to buy the team, you, you have people that like who if you have, have you ever have an available in, open in that league, I'd love to get in. We've had teams take over like. Teams that have no hope whatsoever. Like, hey man, we have this team here, and they look at it like, ooh, okay, I'll take it, and they rebuild it. And it's it's another fun part about if you have an option to get in the league is just rebuilding. But after after a couple of years, and you see you develop that team, that gives you true bragging rights. You know, somebody can't come in and be like, oh, you picked this guy off and this guy off the waiver wire and that guy off the waiver wire. Ah, you're lucky. I'm like, no man, I draft. What a good draft. Look at those. Look at those three years of drafting. What I did. And this team I built and the ownership. And when you win and you finally compete, you, you feel good about it. And I always said before, you know, the best thing about Dynasty, when I first started Dynasty a long time ago and halfway through, my number one selling point for Dynasty Fantasy Football, and you could tell this to your friends if you want to start a league too. Um, I mean, you can hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm always here to help uh, with leagues, league rules, or obviously every league is different. And I've seen some really cool ones. I've seen ones that are. I'm like, okay, I wouldn't do that, but it seems cool. But the best selling pitch is, here we are in year 10 is, we have guys that will pay, say, $100 a year to join this league. And they will pay $100 to be in this league knowing they have 0% chance of winning. People are paying money just for a chance to build because they know they're just to lose. They're paying money to lose. 
because knowing they have a chance to build something special. Because even in, in, in Dynasty, another selling point, you know, even when you're losing, you're winning. You know what? Because the guy who came in last place this year gets Todd Gurley or Amari Cooper. He came in third from last. Ah, you get you get Amari Cooper. And another thing we like to do a little uh, switch in our league as well is where the fifth and sixth place, you know, say the top six teams in your playoffs make the playoffs. And when you get to the final four, you know, our league, we pay out the final, final four because it's not all about payouts in our league, our original Nerds League, because we feel if you make the final four, you accomplish something. So we do have payouts to the top four. Now, the fifth and sixth, the guys that are first eliminated, we let them play. And, you know, you might have a problem, like a team might want to lose because they want the higher draft pick there. So what we did was implement where the winner of that fifth and six, or that sixth and seventh place game or seventh and eighth place game, the winner of that gets the higher draft pick. So they're competing for something as well. Because, uh, again, you, you a long time ago, like year three into it, we saw that, hey, man, whoever wins that second, whoever gets in that loser's bracket there, they kind of want to lose. You know, the winner's bracket doesn't matter because the payouts, you get a little bit more money. I think it's like $25 more if you come in third compared to fourth or $50. But that loser bracket would always want to lose because, hey, I'll lose because I want the higher draft pick. So you, you switch that around. Always want your lead to be competitive. Competitive. Never want it. Uh, you should have tanking rules as well. But again, the big thing here I want to go back to is the taxi squad. Hit me up if you have any questions about it. Implement it. It's really important. So that's that. And let's get back into this NFL draft now and cover some of these late guys that might help you put a guy on the taxi squad and make your team that much better. So now I'm going to talk about these guys now for the third time in a row within 12 hours dedication the show must go on people and i've had a large cup of coffee so i feel much more refreshed than i did last night around midnight trying to do this and again before getting into it too if you guys want to support the podcast the best thing you can do for us that's free is get on itunes i know i've asked i ask every couple weeks or so but get on itunes give us a ranking and review Uh, and the reason i always ask is because this is the number one way to help out the show where the more rankings we have in reviews, the more the podcast is thought of being great in iTunes and Apple's kind of eyes. And the more it kind of puts us out there, not just download. I mean, downloads help as well, too. And that's what keeps us towards the top. When you Google Dynasty, when you look up Dynasty in iTunes, nine times out of ten, we're the first podcast that comes up. But with your help, we're not the, we're not the number one ranked podcast. And with your help, we could be the number one ranked podcast. And again, I mean, there's tons of you guys out there, thousands of you guys out there. That's the number one way you can help us out. If you don't have an iPhone, don't have iTunes, eh, next time your brother or sister or mom comes on there, you know, they have, the podcast op, app is already on there. Just get on there and uh, give a review from you. It, it, it's real simple to do. It takes about two minutes and really helps us out. And then, of course, another way is by buying a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Not just any crappy shirt either. It's a 50-50 t-shirt. That again, I've, I've thrown all the jokes out there. How much it helps out your wardrobe and with the opposite sex. And again, overall, guys, it just really is. It's a great shirt. I love them. I love our logo. So if you enjoy the logo, you enjoy the uh, podcast. It's a high quality shirt. It's definitely not one of those shirts you can wear as an undershirt. It's it's a true shirt that you can wear. And anybody that has gotten one or that has bought one or won one can attest to that. And another way too to help out the site is use the form. That's one thing I really want to get going more this summer and into the new year is the forum. We have a really good community on there. I really encourage you to get on there. 
it's a great opportunity for you dynasty players to talk to other dynasty enthusiasts from around the globe. And, you know, there's guys that might live, you know, I live in Cleveland, so I get more tidbits about the Browns than you will get. So there's tons of guys in other cities that you could talk to that get little tidbits on players that might help you with your team. It's a good place to discuss trades and make sure you get fair value and think of something that you might not have thought of. It's a good place to discuss your draft and see, you know, get opinions how you did. Maybe, or get opinions on your overall team. What do I need to do here? What would you do? And I've seen tons of people on our forum that have thrown out ideas and help people build better rosters. Again, when it comes to Dynasty, the more information that you have, the better you're off with your team. The Dynasty communities, you know, it's what I love about doing this is there's so many people out there, they're Insta friends on social media. And it literally, it really does help. You know, it's the whole reason I have Twitter, just for instant information. The quicker I get the information, the quicker I have an opportunity to grab this guy, a guy I didn't know of that I could put on my roster. And if it pans out, then it's a heck of a move because whoever gets that information first is going to be the first one to snatch that guy up. So again, iTunes, T-shirt, forum, get on it. Now, here's a guy as we get into round seven, taking in, in the second pick in the second round for the Titans, David Cobb. And now David Cobb brings us a point where I was saying, you should always take best player available in a draft. Now, last year in rookie's draft, I let Bishop Sankey rise my ranks a little bit because he was the first running back taken. But I really like Carlos Hyde. He was my number one running back coming last year. And if you guys remember, I was really big on Jeremy Hill. Way, really big on Jeremy Hill. And, you know, Bishop Sankey got taken high in the second round. He leaps everybody's board. And if you had a running back need, you reached for Bishop Sankey last year. And I understand if you have a running back need, but sometimes you have to wait for those running back needs to go to the second round if he's not the best player available. If it's close, it's, if it's within like a player, like if they're one player apart in the, in the first round, I can, I can see re, like flip-flopping picks. Like if you, like if you have Nelson Algalor ahead of TJ Yeldon and you like them both, but you need a running back, it's okay to take TJ Yeldon. But last year, if you reached for Bishop Sankey, you took him ahead of guys, you know, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, you know, guys along those lines. I mean, you're Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, you missed out on Odell Beckham for Bishop Sankey. Think about that. So now you have David Cobb. They draft David Cobb in the fifth round. And, you know, Bishop Sankey, I'm not going to give up on him too much on Bishop Rinky over there. But, I mean, he looked terrible last year. I mean, let's face it. And now the Titans in a hole look terrible. They have so many holes on that roster, it's ridiculous. But they bring in Marcus Mariota. They bring in Doriel Green Beckham. They have Justin Hunter. They have Bishop Sankey. Now they bring in David Cobb. And David Cobb is somebody, you know, before last year, there wasn't a lot of tape on David Cobb. He, had 100, he was under 100 yards before 2014. But he comes in, you know, I've got my first taste of him versus Ohio State where he rushed for 145 yards and three touchdowns versus Ohio State. And my favorite stat about David Cobb is that he gained 54% of his yardage after contact. He's a running back with really good balance with solid, you know, size for an NFL kind of body type. And he gets the most of his runs. He's not one of those flashy guys, one of those guys that, you know, has excellent highlight reel, but he gets the job done. He's an efficient runner. He hits that hole and he goes. So I could see him coming in this year and splitting carries with Bishop Branke. And I could see him, if somehow the offense get flustered with Branke, that Cobb can get a little bit more playing time. Now, will he ever probably be a starter? I lean towards no, like his every down starter, but he has an opportunity here. He has a shot. 
and he could, he definitely can be an NFL starter. So David Cobb right now is going, you know, high second round, and that's right where he should go. And again, this is this is what I mean. I mean, take the best player available. If your best player available is a receiver this year in this deep running back class, well, guess what? There's going to be some good running backs like Duke Johnson, David Cobb, David Johnson at the end, high end of the second round, where you can get good value there. So David Cobb, high second round pick. After that is Rashad Green. Now, Rashad Green, another podcast when I was recording him, he's the one that really got me off on this taxi squad uh, little thing I was going on, a little rant, we call it. But, you know, because the reason is Rashad Green goes to the Jaguars. The Jaguars are building something really fun and young on offense. They have TJ Yeldon. They're bringing Julius Thomas. They got Alan Hearns, Marquise Lee, and Alan Robinson. Now, that's a crowded group. And, you know, I liked Rashad Green's tape when I saw him at Florida State. He's second all-time ACC receiver with 270 receptions. He's the all-time yards leader with 3,830. Solid route runner, good speed, great hands, and he played inside and outside. You know, and he wasn't afraid to go over the middle, which I really liked as well. Productive career, strived in big games. But, you know, when I did remember seeing him, he wasn't really physical. He liked cornerbacks getting in front of him. But what I'm concerned here with Rashad Green is, and the reason I brought him on the taxi squad, he's probably something you have to bring up on your roster, and he'll probably have to sit for a little bit. You know, Bortles has still got to develop. Again, they have Alan Hearns there, who looked pretty good at times last year. Alan Robinson, who's a dynasty darling, who I love. And then Marquise Lee, who was a pretty good high prospect. And these aren't, these aren't veterans. These are guys that were all rookies last year, so they're signed for three more years. Include Julius Thomas, TJ Yeldon here. Where does Rashad Green fit in? He's got the talent to play at the next level, but where does he fit in? Do that again, he was taking the fifth round. You know, Allen Robinson and Marquise Lee were second rounders. Allen Hearns was a seventh rounder. So where does Rashad Green fit in? In if he does start, is there enough targets to go around for Rashad Green? So he's somebody you wanna you wanna draft late third, fourth round, and you wanna sit on him, and that's why you, you want a taxi squad for guys like him that could develop down the road. And he could play. He has the talent to play at the next level. But again, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. There's a, it's a young nucleus there in Jacksonville that's probably going to take at least till next year to get through. And I expect TJ Yeldon, who I like a lot, uh, to be the workhorse there as Bortles develops. Does, does Bortles develop? We don't know. That hurts everybody if he doesn't. And as of right now, it's safe to say Allen Robinson's the number one. And I think Allen Hearns was the top fantasy player out there last year as well. And he had, he had a couple games with really big fantasy production. So... Rashad Green, I like him. I don't really like the situation necessarily. It's a crowded field. It's a young field, but he's definitely worth owning. And I'm I'm, I'm giving Rashad Green a third round grade, uh, just because of talent alone. So then you move down here, Michael Michael Pruitt from Southern Illinois, six two tight end, went to the Vikings. Now I don't know a lot about Pruitt. I didn't watch a lot of Pruitt tape. I gotta watch more Pruitt tape so I know more about Pruitt. But the one thing I do know about Pruitt is that Norv Turner stood up in the draft and said, take this guy. Norv Turner came out and said, I usually don't do that, uh, but this is a guy I really wanted on the offense. Now, the Vikings have a nice, interesting thing going on offense there. Adrian Peterson's a running back. Kyle Rudolph's a tight end. They have, you know, the next guy I'm talking about, Stephon Diggs, they draft. They have uh, Mike Wallace. They have Charles Johnson. And, of course, they have Corderell Patterson. And, you know, we're hearing all now this Corderell Patterson talk. Hey, Corderell Patterson looks great right now. Yeah, well, you know, Patterson always looks great in shorts versus no defenses. 
and other guys that aren't as talented. And Patterson's one of those guys that he's just a really good athlete that can't really play football and run good routes. It, it's it maybe he takes a big step forward. Maybe maybe there's maybe Norv helps him out a lot this year, and he takes a step forward. But as of right now, he's been poop. That's I mean just poop, man. And I would lean towards more that he's going to stay poop than get out of that situation. And we all know what we do with poop. We flush it. So, I mean, Patterson right now, I have him. I, I draft him in a rookie draft, and I, I'm just, I have no high upside. And then, I mean, I like Charles Johnson. They bring in Mike Wallace. And, again, they have Kyle Rudolph. And now they bring in Pruitt, who, now I'm not saying Pruitt. Oh, hey, Pruitt's an answer. But, I mean, Norv Turner stepped up for him. So, I'll put Pruitt as my number four tight end. Strictly on Nor- Norv's word, you know, Norv's one of the best offensive gurus in the NFL. So if he likes Pruitt, then I like Pruitt. It's that simple. And I'll put him, at, you know, right behind Tyler Croft, Clive Walford, Max Williams. Right there is where I'll kind of have Pruitt just on his recommendation. So if you need a tight end, Norv loves, it. Norv loves this guy. Let's see what's going to go out there in Minnesota. And the next guy taken is Stefan Diggs in Minnesota as well. Now, Stefan Diggs is somebody that I like, and Mike would always like to say is, a guy that has pedigree, you know, a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He goes to Maryland, six foot. He's an explosive runner. He's a playmaker with the ball in his hands. He's his excellent job getting out of his breaks to get immediate separation. He can make the hard catch. He has excellent body control. His freshman year, he had 1,896 all-purpose yards. And all the scouts wanted him to go back last year because of injuries. And you're talking about a guy, you know, he missed six games with a broken leg. And he's been injured the last two years. He missed three games his junior year, but he still finished with 792 yards and five touchdowns. So Stevon Diggs, to me, may be like, hey, we need that explosive guy with the ball in his hands. You know, Mike Wallace isn't really that guy. He's more of a deep threat kind of guy. Charles Johnson's not really that guy. So maybe if Patterson, who can't be that guy, maybe Stephon Diggs can be that guy for us. So I like Stephon Diggs in the third round with Teddy B out there. I like I like I like that Diggs has that pedigree. He's really intriguing. I really like him if he can get in a slot in Minnesota. And again, he's an explosive guy. I think he could do good things out there if getting the opportunity. And he's somebody that's definitely worth the gamble. You know, high second round or high third round of your draft pick. So I, I, I he's somebody that I'm really going to invest in. I'd like to try and get in a lot of my dynasty leagues where if I have a mid-round pick, I feel like I'm getting really good value there in the third round. Uh, next guy, you know, Brent Hundley. Nothing got to say about that. After that, we have Jay Ajayi to the Dolphins. Now, Ajayi almost falls into the Isaiah Correll kind of comparison where, you know, before last year, Correll, before the NFL draft, all the mock drafts had, the rookie drafts had Correll getting first-round dynasty rookie pick. First round, everyone. Some of you was the first back taken. Then he goes undrafted in the NFL draft. Now you can get Corell mid to late second, maybe as late as the third in some drafts. And I know the Dynasty Nerds League, we're Browns fans, he went in the third round, I believe. So Jay Ajayi has his big concern is the knee. And there's no cartilage between the knee and it's, it's bone on bone. And he might only have four years. <sighs> okay, four years? That's a lifetime in Dynasty fantasy football hashtag two to three year window i'll take four years from a running back hands down if his career lasts four years i'm sorry jay that stinks you only got your rookie contract but for my dynasty team that's terrific 
Now, this is a guy that you can get probably high second round of your rookie draft now. A guy that was considered at one point a third overall rookie running back. You know, I had TJ Yeldon as my third rookie running back going into the year, but J.J. was right on his heels, right behind him. Because he's a three-down back that could do everything well. Former soccer player, thought about going overseas playing soccer. Um, Again, three-down player. Now, he's going to go in there and compete with Lamar Miller. And this is an exciting offense they have in Miami. You know, they bring Jordan Cameron. They draft Devontae Parker. They sign Ryan Tannehill to an extension. Jarvis Landry. Kenny Stills. They have some stuff going on here. I like what they're doing. And I like Lamar Miller. I don't get all this down talk. I think Lamar Miller was a top 12 for sure fantasy running back last year. And I think if he's utilized correctly, he can do really good things. And if they want to do, and he's always been a committee back uh, of some sort. So they want to do that. I still like Lamar Miller. But if they can give Ajayi enough carries, if he can get enough carries this year, he can contribute right away. And maybe they will. Maybe they want to get most of them because they know they only have so much time with this guy and they'll utilize him. Maybe they'll let Lamar Miller walk and they'll turn to him for a couple of years and ride him into the ground. Either way, you're getting good value in JHI. He could play running back. I watched the tape at Boise State. He can play. He's good. Good enough where I would be really happy coming away with him in the second round. And if you take, if you have a high first round pick in your rookie draft and you take Kevin White, Devontae Parker, uh, Amari Cooper, he's a nice, good target there. You know, if you're, if you're flipping between him and Duke Johnson or like a David Cobb I'd much rather have for me personally I'd like to invest in like Jay Jai or Duke Johnson but you're getting really good value there with the Dolphins and I'm interested to see how that plays out with Lamar Miller and Ajay again I think Lamar Miller should be able to beat him out but I could see it being a 50-50 almost maybe 55-45 kind of comp there Enough where you're going to get instant value out of Ajayi, for sure. It's a good value there. Next, you have Carlos Williams goes to the Bills. Um, I didn't really like Carlos Williams' tape too much. He goes to the Bill. The Bills, I think they're going to run through McCoy a lot. They just signed Shady to that big extension. He has a good chance to be the backup there, but you're looking for Shady to get hurt for him to have any real value. So for me, Williams, third-round grade, maybe even late third round. Something I'm not really overly interested uh, next guy, Tony Lippett out of Michigan State, 6'2". Guy that played a little bit of cornerback, played a little bit of running back. Uh, 6'2", 182, goes to the Dolphins. Kind of falls into me, that kind of like Rashad Green aspect. You know, they draft Devontae Parker. They got Jarvis Landry, second guy, uh, second round guy. They gave up a third for Kenny Stills. Tony Lippett's one of those guys that needs to develop into NFL player, but he can be an NFL player. So, again, okay, another guy that you're going to kind of draft, stash. Maybe he'll make it to your active roster. Maybe not, but the potential's there where he's worth like a third, late third-round pick, fourth-round pick. And this year's draft class, like I really liked the first round a lot. I like the high end of the second round. I get, it gets a little murky there as the second round goes along. And then at the third round there, like right at the beginning of the third round there, there's just like a couple guys that I like, and after that, it's like almost a huge drop-off. You know, last year's class was extremely deep. This one kind of goes, it, it's, it's a high, it's a gradual slope down the first round. Gradually slopes a little bit more after like the first couple picks in the second round. Then you get to the third round, and you can take like two guys, and it's like, okay, Grand Canyon, see ya. And Carlos Williams kind of falls in that 
not Tony Lippett kind of falls in that category where it's like there's no random order, man. You can kind of just shoot it, you know, throw darts at the board, and that, that's where you're going to fill needs there. And again, I when I get laid in that running back and I have question marks like that, I like to take running backs. There are guys that I like to take that, you know, even though they're a third on depth chart, you never know with injuries who gets a chance to start. And I like to gamble on, if I don't like anybody there, I think it's all a big mediocre pool. I'm just pulling from uh, either really big receivers or mostly running backs. I'm taking running backs there because, you know, I can stash them on my taxi squad. They're there for two years. I own their rights. So if they get any opportunity to start and I need, and, I, and I'm in some kind of flux for a bye week or an injury or it's late in the season and you never know, it's the NFL playoffs and the season goes along in 16 weeks. All of a sudden, two running backs are hurt. And now this guy's playing late in the season and he can help you win a playoff game. He could help you win a dynasty championship. Something that you don't even know of. I mean, these running backs come all the time where you don't even know them, who they are. And they play two games, and they get 100 yards each game, and then you never hear from them ever again. And these are kind of guys you want to take gambles on late just because they may help you. Definitely, like I said, that's another opportunity to use a taxi squad to your advantage to move these guys up and down after two years to use them for those situations. And then after two years, you just cut bait because you know the opportunity's never going to be really there. Uh, unless they turn into, you know, but then you guys that turn into James Starks. So that's where like a Tony Lippett falls, but not Tony, I mean, mostly for running backs, but everybody falls. You have JJ Nelson for the Cardinals, smaller receiver in a UAB. Again, late round rookie pick falls in this mix. Then you have the t- Steelers. They took Jesse James, tight end, Penn State, 6'7", 261, ran OK 40. Wasn't really a big fan of Jesse James tape, real stiff. And I know what we're all thinking. This guy's six seven. He's gonna be a red zone monster. You know, Heath Miller's at the end of the road. No, no. Heath Miller is beyond the end of the road. He's off the road onto a dirt path into the countryside, almost like old yeller ready to be put down. Okay? That's how far along Heath Miller is. And you know, the Steelers wanted Max Williams, they didn't get him, so they settled for Jesse James. And not the outlaw Jesse James, but the fantasy player, Jesse James. And I guarantee you that Jesse James the outlaw will be long remembered before Jesse James the football player. So to me, he's somebody that you might be able to stash late if you need a tight end. But again, it's like a late stash to me. I don't see a lot of upside here with him. Uh, now, next guy to Buccaneers take Kenny Bell. Kenny Bell is from Nebraska. I don't know a whole lot about Kenny Bell, and he's somebody that's high on my list because. In the dynasty community, I ask around, I'm like, who's a late round pick that you could recommend? Like, who do you like that you think would be a good steal? And the number one name that came back to me was Kenny Bell on the books. You know, Vincent Jackson's long in the tooth. They get Jameis in there. They have Austin Safarian Jenkins. And Kenny Bell is on my notes section here to, you know, keep an eye on. He's somebody that I'm intrigued in third round just because on recommendations alone. There's two guys that name came back, Darren Waller for the Ravens and Kenny Bell for the Buccaneers. Those are two names you kind of want to keep note of as they're the guys that I asked a lot of guys that I trust their opinions. And those are names that came back. So Kenny Bell, I don't have a lot to say about him. I still haven't had time to really dig into him, but he is somebody that repeatedly came back to me as, hey, this guy is going to be worth a grab. And he's the one that I can see him rise in your rookie ring. So if you have a pick late in a third, he might be somebody you kind of want to target. Uh, Kenny Bell, Darren Waller for the Ravens. And I love doing that. I love taking notes on guys 
that people are recommended or I hear something on. And then I'll put them, you know, and I'll have those notes for my rookie draft for late round flyers. Again, that's where it helps listen to podcasts. It helps talking to people in, you know, uh, forums in the communities. So next guy taken here uh, that I have interest is Cameron Artis Payne. Now, Cameron Artis Payne goes to the, the Panthers, and we all know Jonathan Stewart's good for a good injury somewhere along the line. And that's just something he does on a year-in, year-out basis. You know, Cameron Artis Payne from Auburn, nice, solid running back. You know, he's not the most athletic guy you'll ever see, but he's somebody that's going to fit in that category where he's going to probably be a backup running back, to a running back that gets injured often behind a poor line, and he can come in and contribute right away. And it'll be at some point that you may be able to start Cameron Artis Payne. And this is a guy you're going to get high in the third round of your rookie draft. So a guy in the third round that you can, you know, maybe somehow he turns into a starter. I don't know. I don't really see his him being athletic to be a that kind of back, but the coaches are out there calling him a complete back. They're talking to him, you know, I saw a quote from Ron Rivera saying, hey, this guy would be like Todd Gurley or that kid from Wisconsin. Okay, slow down, Ron. Come on. Take the shades off. Get a good look. But they're intrigued. He's probably going to be the backup. Again, backups are, you know, players that you want on your roster. So if you can get a guy like this in the third round and you get any contribution out of him over the next couple of years, I call that a pretty much a success. So Cameron Artis Payne, he fits in that category of high third round pick for me. He's somebody you kind of want to jump on there. Uh, another intriguing prospect, Jeremy Davis from the Giants out of Connecticut, 6'2", 216. I'm not a big Ruben Randall fan. I don't like the way he runs routes. They got Odell Beckham. He's the number one. Victor Cruz is coming back, but, I mean, come on. Patel attendant tears, two of them. His odds of coming back and finding success are extremely slim. All right, you know, Larry Denell on, uh, at tight end. They could use another receiver. I know they brought that one guy in and paid him good money, but he's more of a special teams guy. So Jeremy Davis, third round, late third round grab out of Connecticut. Somebody kind of developed there. I could see him kind of coming in year two, year three, and maybe start contributing to the Giants. So he's somebody you kind of want to grab there. Um, this is the sixth round that I'm kind of kind of like skimming over some guys here that are taking the sixth round they have interest in. Again, it's it's real early in the morning here, and I I don't have all day. So Nick O'Leary, Florida State. Um, he's somebody I didn't like his tape on as well as well well well, and. and it, it translates trans- and that's what it goes here in the mid sixth round to the Bills. They just signed Charles Clay to big money. He's tight in the hips. I don't really see it there. Nickel Larry, worth a late round flyer if you want to jump on him. Again, I'm not I'm not really buying it. He he'll be better off being Jack Nicholas's grandson than an NFL uh tight end. Just you know, just my opinion. So um Darren Waller went to the Ravens. We talked about him, six six out of Georgia Tech. Big guy, don't know a lot about him. Really intrigued, really good situation. Guy, keep your eye on Steve Smith. He's he's at the end of that row with Heath Miller, somebody who's worth a late third round pick to your roster. Darren Waller to the Ravens. Good situation, good prospect. He's on my notes section to kind of watch more of because uh, the guys you know have recommended him to me. Multiple people that I trust. So and then the seventh round, there's only one guy I really kind of had somewhat interest in. That was Desmond Lewis to the Bills. Percy Harvin's on uh, a one-year contract, and again, they don't know what they're doing at quarterback there, but he's a, he's a receiver with some good upside, I would say. Um, I watched a little bit of Desmond Lewis film, and I need to watch more. 
but he's he's the only one that really jumps out of me in the seventh round. So that's it, guys. That's it. I have I have to get my day started now. I want to make sure you get this podcast out to you. If this doesn't record, you might be reading reading my obituary. <laughs> I can't handle this again. So I have like over two hours in the last twelve hours of talking nonstop. But hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show. Thanks for sticking out with me. Follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. Again, iTunes, Rankin, please help us out. Get on DynastyNerds.com. Get active on the forum. Buy a shirt if you're so much inclined to. And again, follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. Hit me up anytime. Until next week, I'll be back with the fellas. Until then, guys, enjoy the day. Go Cavs. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.